Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Rashi. She was on the Netflix show, Indian Matchmaking, and she's here today to give us all the dirt. Rashi, what's going on? This is so exciting. Oh my God, I absolutely (laughs) loved your show. Oh, thank you, appreciate it. First, I would just love to know, what was that whole experience like being on Indian Matchmaking? It was surreal. Um, I didn't really ever think that I would be on a, what's called like a reality TV show. Definitely not something I expected, but now I can check it off my bucket list. So (laughs) it's been a ride. No one thought it was going to blow up the way it did. That's for sure. How did you find out about it? My mom had forwarded me an email from Netflix. They were looking for people of South Asian descent and if they were single. So I applied. I didn't think it was going to be a show. It just seemed like it was this project. And a lot of people found out either through a Facebook post or some friend shared something on Instagram. But yeah, mine was my mom that forwarded me an email and was like, hey, this looks like something that might work for you. She knows what's right for me. And it turned out to be a great experience. Have you ever thought about using a matchmaker before? It's a big thing in our culture, in our community, but it's not something I ever considered. And I don't know if that's because I'm in the United States and it's not used as widely as it is in in, in India. But having now been open to this idea of matchmaking, I'm definitely wanting to do it again and seeing where my guy is that I'm looking for in this world. So definitely would consider it again. What is attractive to you? It's a very interesting question because no one's really just asked me what is attractive to you. They're always like, what, what are you looking for in a guy? And it's, it's kind of the same question, but it's not. Because to me, what's attractive to me is someone who's progressive in their mindset, first of all. That's, that's very important to me. I'm a professional working woman. So that's, that's something that I really won't compromise on. But I am actively attracted to someone who can openly communicate, which I think comes with the progressive mindset. I want to be able to share the highs and lows of my life with someone and I want them to equally do the same. And also a person who has set realistic goals for themselves both personally and professionally and each day is just working towards that goal is something that I find deeply attractive because a lot of people don't have that determination and something that is also very important to me is is mental health. Finding a person who has healthy hobbies and knows how to have a good work-life balance is also important to me. If a guy has those qualities, I don't care what color you are, what cast you're from, any of that stuff. You know, as long as they have those kinds of qualities, that's what's attractive to me. And I would definitely give them a shot. I was wondering, would you marry somebody who is non-Indian? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely open to it. I mean, I've been on dates with non-Indians as equally as South Asians. And I've seen just as many successful interracial relationships as I have seen South Asian relationships. And ultimately for me, superficial criteria, like I mentioned, is meaningless. It's the underlying support and respect that I have for my husband and he for me that would make my 
relationship and our relationship meaningful. Do you think it's different for people in the U.S. versus people in India? Yeah, I definitely think so. In the show, you kind of see that they're similar, but I think we don't use matchmakers that much here. We don't rely on things like the face reader and the astrologer and things like that. Those are very highly respected professions in India and people use them all the time. It's different in that sense here. And the stigmas, because I know one of the things that most people want to talk about is the stigmas Indian culture and being a woman and how we find someone. Maybe it's a little bit more strict there. In general, the struggle that a South Asian woman faces to this day is misogyny. You saw in Indian matchmaking, a woman who is so educated and successful is called stubborn and is deemed hard to work with simply because she turned down a match after going on a date with them. Meanwhile, like a guy who's, you know, rejected hundreds of bio data is just simply from the paper alone, they're just unsure. And that's something we see all the time, not just here, but in India as well. Personally, in terms of my experience with matchmaking, the same things you saw on the show with women in general being told to compromise and adjust, that's what I was being told to do all the time as well. It's not something you saw on the show because my interactions with Simanti weren't shown, but what you saw and how women were treated versus men were treated, it's kind of, it's universal. That's really interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've ever been affected by stigmas. Outside of matchmaking, I've got progressive family. And so it's easier for me to to just brush it off, which isn't a good thing to do. But personally, an example of the misogyny I have faced is in social gatherings when an auntie or an uncle asks me what I do for a living. I explain to them I'm a veterinarian. I can tell you that I can count on one hand the number of times that that auntie or uncle follows up with additional questions, which to me is just like the natural flow of conversation, right? But instead, the conversation more often than not seems to divert to another person or to another topic. And that same auntie or uncle is much more interested in learning about my male counterpart's experience and their schooling and their education than they are about asking me. Like I said, it happens more often than not, and it can get very frustrating, but I am blessed to have parents and an extended family that are progressive in their mindsets and treat my brother and I as equals. And that's all I can hope for for women, for my future kids, future husband, and things like that. What are your thoughts on dowry? You know, that's, that's also an interesting question no one's really asked about, but let me explain a little bit about the dowry. For me, just as with any major life event, gifts are exchanged between families, right? As a, as a sign of respect and well wishes. This isn't unique to the Indian culture. It's everything. You go to a wedding, you go to a birthday, someone graduates, things like that. You, you pay your respects and you give them a gift, whether it's money, whether it's just something that is meaningful to them and will help them. It's something that's ingrained as a, as a human race. The dowry is an archaic notion. In the traditional sense of the bride only giving the husband's family property or money or gifts or jewelry and things like that, I would say that I don't support and I don't intend on participating in a dowry. It's an archaic ritual that to me needs to be eliminated. What types of gifts are given? Sometimes it's property. Sometimes it's jewelry. Sometimes it's, it's money. Things that are symbolize that you're giving the girl away because it's the bride's family that gives it to the husband's family. And so it's these big ticket items that show, hey, the girl that I have and the girl that you're marrying, she's worthy and she's, I can't even explain it because it doesn't make sense to me. That definitely exists in the Jewish culture as well. Oh yeah? Is it with the bride only? I've seen like it go mostly? both ways. Both sets of parents might help them with living expenses for the yeah. first year. Sure, that, that's fine. And I actually appreciate that. But the dowry in its traditional sense is not that. It's not the idea that you're supporting the married couple and that you're supporting both the husband and the wife. It's more that 
the wife's family is giving these gifts to the husband. So it's an entirely different thing. I actually respect that more than the dowry. Not always that, but that, that but, is sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That's an example. Got yeah, it. that's okay. an example. I mean, also, you know, Jewish women cover their hair. So the husband's yeah. family might pay for her a really nice wig yeah. or yeah, okay. the okay. husband might study Torah for the first year and the wife's parents might support them yeah. doing that. So it's equal between men and women is what I'm trying to ask. Not always equal. Or not always. Yeah. And I'm also wondering too about like, the expenses of the wedding? For the most part, I feel like it's expected that the bride's family, the husband is the main person in the whole grand scheme of thing and paying for things. But, you know, modern day weddings are different. It's kind of split 50-50 and that's all I hope. I'm all about quality and feminism and things like that. It's 2020. That's all I can say. <laughs> are you dating anyone now? Uh, nope. I'm a single Pringle who's ready to mingle. <laughs> This pandemic definitely put my dating life on hold, but now I'm ready to jump back into things and continue to meet more people. Anyone out there listening, if you know a guy that'd be a match, hook a girl up. I love that. Talk to me about <laughs> your experience with the matchmaker and talking to her. What was that like? So she's very, very famous in what she does. She was famous before the show happened and she's worked with thousands of couples in India and in the US. You know, I didn't know much about her and I didn't want to look her up before interacting with her. I just wanted to go in and two people just talk to each other. I think I was different than most of the cast members in that I didn't actually get to meet her in person. I just communicated with her on video chat a couple of times, like 10-15 minutes at a time. The first session was kind of your basic black and white questions that I didn't really enjoy. Do you want a smoker or non-smoker, drinker or non-drinker? And I'm like, what kind of questions are those? Because of course I don't want like an alcoholic. I also don't want a chain smoker, but socially I'll drink. And so I would say, well, I'm a social drinker, so it's hard to say yes or no. And she would kind of push me to say yes or no. And I, I didn't really feel comfortable with that. But then the second time we talked to each other was about a week later. And it was more of those hard-hitting questions. You know, what do you want from your husband? What do you want them to do for you and stuff like that? And where do you see yourself in five years? Questions that matter more to me than do they smoke or do they drink and things like that. So initially I was a little bit timid about the whole situation, but then the second conversation kind of brought light to it. You're on oh, her yeah. list now. So exactly. she could possibly send somebody else your way. Hopefully so far it hasn't happened. It's been over a year, but um, I, I think I would have to reach out to her again. Did she give you that invitation? Because it wasn't one of her main clients from the show and I didn't get to meet her in person. I don't know if we really developed that full relationship. I think she would absolutely welcome it. I just need to give her, you know, the reach. Like I said, with my internship and then with the pandemic, I've kind of taken a back seat on the dating. Being able to just communicate with someone in person is probably gonna be more helpful for my long-term matching. How many like dates would you want to go on before you married someone? Do you think that you could make a decision right away? I think there's always that chemistry, that love at first sight type of thing. I don't think I've felt that yet, but I believe that it's out there. In terms of your question of how many dates, I can't say that. I can't give you a number because if I'm already getting married in four months or two years, it really doesn't matter to me. It, it matters that journey that got me to that point. In the Jewish faith, I think yeah. there's an expectation, like if you work with a matchmaker and you get married young, yeah. that you're both virgins. Is that an expectation as well? I think in general, the South Asian culture expects most people to be virgins before they get married. I don't know if that's an expectation. It definitely was not talked about as part of 
our show and our matchmaking requirements that wasn't really discussed. They didn't really ask about that. So that's interesting. But there probably is some understood sentiment like that. Like, are you supposed to be hands off before marriage? Yes. Traditionally, yes. I mean, that's how I've been raised. I feel like most of my friends and family members, that's how they've been raised. I can't speak for you know, the rest of my millennial <laughs> South Asian people. Yeah, I, I'm just a little bit more curious too about like the whole reality TV show experience. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Born and raised in Los Angeles. I've seen a lot of celebrities. I've always, you know, who doesn't want to be famous? Who doesn't want to be a celebrity? Who doesn't want to have people know their name type of situation? Well, I guess I can't say that. A lot of people probably don't care. But <laughs> being in Los Angeles, I felt like that was an issue for me. And that was a, something that I wanted. But again, applying to this show, I didn't think it was a show. It was from Netflix. So yeah, you're like, okay, girl, obviously it was going to be a show. It's from Netflix. What were you thinking? It didn't occur to me because it just, like I said, it described this project. And I just thought they were using Netflix as resources for whatever. I don't think it was like your traditional reality dating show because we didn't know of each other. None of us knew who any of us were until the world knew about us on Netflix. We only knew the people we were set up with. And for me, that was only Vyasar. That experience of being filmed is daunting. You're already on a first date. And girl, it's a first date, right? Like it's gonna be, it's gonna come with jitters. It's gonna come with anxiety. No matter how confident you are, it's, it's a first date. You're meeting someone for the first time. And on top of it, you're meeting their family. And then on top of that, you've got like giant contraptions of cameras with a lens looking right at you. It's, it's overwhelming. I think it gave a unique experience to the date such that both of us could laugh about it, joke about it. and it was its own icebreaker almost. The whole filming aspect was very comfortable. It didn't make me, they never made me say anything I didn't want to say or do anything I didn't want to do. They didn't tell me to sit a certain way. In fact, I wish they did because there's a lot of jiggling stuff going on that I'm like, you could have told me. Um, but it was an honest to God experience. It was a reality show because these are real people. But when I think of reality show, I think of Jersey Shore and some crazy stuff. I don't think of Indian matchmaking as that. Do you still keep up with Vyasar? Yeah, we talk. And we also have um, a Facebook group that we've all started as cast members. And we, you know, share each other's success stories and funny DMs that we're getting and things like that. So, yeah, we, we keep in touch. And we also are just supporting each other. Like if he's on a live or an interview and I, I read it or watch him. So That's so cool. Can you talk about any of the other press that some of the members have gotten? Some of them are more into it than others. So people like Nadia and Abarna and Ankita, they've had more of the, the press reach out to them in terms of, I think Ankita was recently featured in Vogue, which is amazing. People Magazine, I think, have reached out. LA Times, New York Times, like some big hitting companies are reaching out to cast members. And so it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's that popular. I haven't gotten anything that big hitting. I've definitely been reached out by some podcasts like you and a couple of other ones. And I'm grateful for that experience. And, you know, I'm also grateful that I haven't blown up as much as them because I'm not a huge social media person. My Instagram is actually called DVM Diaries. So it's Doctor of Veterinary Medicine. That's what DVM stands for. And so it wasn't really geared towards me and my life. It's more geared towards veterinary medicine. I feel like if I would have blown up for the show, I wouldn't have been as true to myself and to the reason I started my Instagram. So it's a blessing, I guess, <laughs> and a curse, but uh, mostly a blessing. Talk to me about what you are doing outside of being a veterinarian, because you have some exciting news. Yeah. I'm starting my job on, on Monday. Mental health is a big thing in veterinary medicine. We struggle with that as a profession. We have a two to three times higher suicide rate than most other professionals in the field. We've been taught 
as pre-vet to just take care of yourself. And, and I've really tried to do that. And so hobbies are important to me. I love playing and watching sports. I'm a big crafter, um, do-it-yourself type of person. I love petting all the dogs that I can, any dog, anywhere. I will make an extra effort to go and pet it. It's funny how you said there's like a private Facebook group of all of your cast members. So yeah. I worked on Jerry Springer like 19 years ago. Oh, and wow. <laughs> we have a private Facebook group too of everybody who's ever That's worked awesome. on the show. What did you do? I was a producer. Wow. I'm going to have to rewatch it and look out for your name. Yeah, that's awesome. But it is so interesting, actually, like what you were talking about, having the cameras right in yeah. your home. and Yeah. You don't realize on camp, like when, what you're seeing being filmed, you don't realize how close they really are sometimes. I don't know if you can see it like in the reflection of my eyes, but it was sometimes like right there because Vyasa and I are sitting maybe like a foot or two away from each other and the camera's right above his shoulder. I was just talking to my dad about this earlier the posts that I do where I'm not using my microphone and I have no makeup on and I just yeah. randomly shoot it will yeah. do three times better than when I put a nice graphic <laughs> on, I have my mic yeah, yeah. and I stage yeah. the shot. I feel like for the most part, the internet and people appreciate and they see when you're being real and you're just being a genuine person. That's all I hope to be. I'm not trying to be this figure that everyone respects. If they respect me or they, they like me for who I am, then that's all that matters. Have you ever seriously dated anyone yet? In Indian matchmaking, the world hears me say that I have never been in a, in a serious relationship before, right? And I just want to take this opportunity and clarify what serious means to me. So serious to me means, did we talk about those hard-hitting questions about our future? Kids, where we see ourselves and our lives together in five years, yada, yada, things like that. However, to someone else, serious may mean the length of time of a relationship or, you know, if you've introduced them to your parents, etc. And frankly, neither definition is right or wrong. But before a person criticizes me as being naive in the dating world, which has been happening a lot on social medias, I just encourage them to consider my definition of the word serious. In my definition, no, I haven't been in a serious relationship. I've had relationships that have lasted quite some time. And we felt the connection. It just, it didn't progress. And that's dating. And I've learned and I continue to grow from them. So that's, that's all I can hope for from a relationship, either it be friendship or romantic. Yeah, I appreciate that. Do you feel any pressure from your family? No, I think, you know, Mama Gupta is always in the background, like, hey, if, if uh, you need to speed it up. And I'm like, oh, if I'm 40 and lonely, Ma, hook a girl up. But for now, let me do my thing. They're progressive. They're both my mom and dad. They just want me to focus on my education and be happy with where I'm at because I won't be truly happy in a relationship unless I'm happy with myself is what they've said. That's something that I keep in the back of my mind. And I think right now I'm finally at a place where I've done my education, I've done my schooling, I've got a job. And so now it's time for me to find someone to share that happiness with. They're, they're great parents. I love them. Oh, that's so awesome. Do you awesome. believe in eye reading or palm reading or? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely truth to a lot of it. Actually, just the other day, I got a message from a, a graphologist. So she is a handwriting and signature analyst. And she said, hey, if you send me a few sentences of your handwriting and your signature, I can glean some insights on your personality. And within like two minutes of me sending her my writing, she wrote this like, extensive paragraph about my personality, how I present myself to others versus how I actually am in my private life. And they were spot on. I am not kidding you. There is a lot of truth behind it. But something I wanted to bring up is on the show, 
Seema Auntie showed my picture to face readers, and he basically was going on saying that, you know, Yasser's an auspicious guy, it's, it's going to be a good match, blah, blah, blah. And then she shows him my picture, and he says that if this match doesn't work, then her future is bleak. And I was like, interesting. Because I respect these kinds of people. I respect the fact that they, what they say sometimes can really come true, and it really does have a lot of insight into real life. And so when he said that, I was like, Obviously, I don't believe that that's true. Not everything is true that they come out of. They, they, no one can predict the future. For God's sake, I'm a doctor. You know, I'm, I'm an educated woman. I'm living my best life. I'm not trying to be cocky, but I don't think my future is bleak. And for 100% of the South Asian women out there, no one's future is bleak. You make it what you want. And so in terms of like hearing things like that and listening to face readers, and I'm always a little bit skeptical now since, since hearing that. When this handwriting analysis reached out to me, it kind of changed my opinion on things like that. I do not think that your possibilities are bleak, and I'm glad that you were able to see past that. My first instinct was, holy crap, like, I can't believe he said that. But then that only lasted for about 10, 15 seconds. And afterwards, I just started laughing because it's, it's ridiculous. This has been so awesome. much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You're a very fun person to talk to, and I look forward to the final result. Well, I think you're beautiful and relatable and you did a great job. And thank you so much for being willing to have this conversation. I'm a huge fan of the show. And thank you. Let people know how they can connect with you. I'm on Instagram at, at DVM Diaries, DVM underscore diaries. I'd love to chat with people about life, about being on a reality show, about being in veterinary medicine. I'd just love to talk to people and meet new friends. If you're in the LA area, I'd love to hang out, chat with me. Next time in LA, I totally want to take you out. Please do. Please do. Let's go. Oh boy. Let's go to Grandpa. Well, a very interesting show. And I tend to agree with you and with her on one point to start off with before we go too far, is that any of these dating shows are obviously trying to promote their initiative of knowing what they're doing and fixing up people using different similarities and trying to get to uh, people's philosophies and what they are comfortable with and with things that they might have in common. And uh, it's really very funny that if you don't go along with some of their interpretations, then they right away wanted to put a, like an omen on it a little bit that, well, then you're difficult to get along with if you don't go along with the program. Isn't that quite an ironic uh, story? Uh, to start the to show off on is that if you don't agree with what we're doing, then there's something wrong with you, not with this necessarily with the show or with our criteria that we're using. Yeah. And also if you don't agree with who we think is good for you, then you're going to have trouble finding someone else. <laughs> Isn't that quite an ironic twist to all of this? They're there to try to help you navigate. But if you don't navigate their path, then you've got problems. So you better listen and follow what we say, <laughs> which is, uh, I thought was uh, quite a interesting part of the interview. Let's take a look at this a little bit. You know, you were talking about traditional or orthodox Jewish values for Jewish women. And you're talking about another culture, an Asian culture, an Indian culture, where everybody seems to have a culture for generations, uh, different criteria of things that you have to be confined to. As the world continues to turn, as the world continues to round the sun and head for home, 
you find out that as time continues to stay in motion, that there is some type of maturing going on to our values. Just as I've talked to you about that those that want to grow, want to grow their whole lives. I call it getting wisdom rating points. But the fact is, is that women today don't want to be stereotyped where they have to have certain restrictive values. It's not just where they're supposed to stay home and raise children. And yet we need women to still be mothers of our children. There's a very deep effect to children when they don't have mothers. There's a very deep effect as well if they don't have fathers. So a family unit is still very, very important, but we have to make sure that it also keeps up with the times where the marriage of a man and a woman has to be able to take on a relationship of the future and not just the past. And yet we can't forget where we come from as well so that we can build on our history and not necessarily erase it or say that it never existed. Today's episode is sponsored by Rin 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best for a podcast of your own, you want to get in touch with Rin 10 Media. When I first contacted them, Better Call Daddy was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. And now, only after a couple months in, we're at like 50 episodes. Reach out to info at ren10media.co.za and use the subject line, Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah.